Are you worried about money? Have you lost your job and concerned about paying bills? Maybe you're going through a divorce. Maybe your bariatric surgery is more stressful than you ever thought it would be. Hi, I'm registered dietitian, nutritionist, Dr. Susan Mitchell. Let's go beyond bariatric surgery and talk about everything you need to move on. Food and mood are so interconnected. Let's talk about this connection and how what you choose to eat can influence how you feel. Joining me via Skype from the Gold Coast in Australia is bariatric dietitian Amanda Clark, who's also the content director for this podcast. You met her on the first podcast, Three Things Someone Should Have Told You About Bariatric Surgery. Besides keeping me on track, which is a hard job, you may recall that Amanda has spent 15 plus years helping over 2,000 patients. Creator and author of the Portion Perfection Kit for Bariatrics, Amanda believes that when you see how much is right to eat and you have practical tools to help you, you gain a much better understanding of what to do and how to do it. Amanda and I both love connecting with you on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash beyondbariatricsurgery. And did you know we have a private Facebook group called Bariatric Surgery Eating? You can be a part of the group, talk about issues you're facing, or ask questions to the group. It's a large group, yet a very supportive and private place to post. Go to Bariatric Surgery Eating and request to join. There are free resources for all members, and this podcast is one of them. Amanda, you're always hustling behind the scenes, keeping everything and everyone on track. I'm so glad you're back here live with me today. Hi, Susan. Um, I'm actually really happy just working in the background, pushing things along. But this one is really my topic. You know, I've been interested in this area for about the past 20 years. Ooh, let's talk about the food mood connection. We've both seen too many times to count the many ways food influences how you feel. But if you tweak your diet, you can reap so many benefits. How about sharing some of the top benefits? Sure. You know, when you eat better, you might find that you sleep better, that you have better concentration, your mood is more stable. You can experience improved self-esteem, better health, and you can just simply look better and feel better. I want everything <laughs> on that list, don't you? Plus, <laughs> absolutely. Plus, optimizing your weight too. You know, we recognize that ideal weight may be different for everybody, and doesn't necessarily agree with any particular healthy weight charts. Yeah, and I, I really like that point. You know, I think the best weight is one that is achievable when you eat well and you're active within your capabilities. You know. You sometimes can't control what the scales say, but you are in charge of what you're doing, or you have the power to be with the right strategies anyway. And when you get the behavior right, your best weight follows. So that's why we spend a lot of time on behavior, isn't it? Yes, and, and there's so much that we could delve into, but let's first look at what our friends in the UK said affected their mood. Yeah. Now, this comes from the Food and Mood Project, 
which was a few years back, but they interviewed hundreds of people who were using self-help strategies to control their mood. And they asked them what they were doing, what worked and what didn't. And I find this so practical because it's just people going through their own lives, testing things out. So they identified bad mood foods and good mood foods and behaviors that helped as well. So if we started on the negative side, hmm, let me guess what was there. I'll bet sugar was on the harmful side, maybe processed foods, food additives, but what about caffeine? Yeah, you're right about those. And caffeine is an interesting one actually because it's beneficial for mood at one to two cups for most people. And then it starts to have a negative effect the more you drink. And as soon as you go over two cups or you start adding extra shots, it could start to affect anxiety levels and how well you sleep. The, the research showed that 79% of people identified caffeine as a negative for their mood. And, and it, of course... And you know what? I want to jump in there. I, I wonder when they identified it negative, if, they, if it was negative when they'd crossed over that point of more than two cups, that if they were able to stay under that, if it was beneficial, do you know? I suspect so, but the, the survey didn't actually draw that out. It just identified that caffeine was a negative. So I think we'd have to look at your own personal situation and when you notice it starts to cross that line from giving you that boost you need to, uh-oh, I'm, I'm not feeling so hot and I'm becoming pretty anxious. Yeah, and I think if you experience any anxiety or any sleep problems, caffeine is something to look at. White bread, cakes and biscuits or cookies, they were also reported to be bad mood foods and that's likely to result from being stripped of nutrition and fiber and from having a higher glycemic index. Okay, so let's go back to sugar and what people had to say. Yeah, well, sugar often goes along with the food additives and the highly processed foods, doesn't it? Yes. Um, and 80% of people reported sugar had an overall negative effect on their mood. The recommendation from the World Health Organization, which is also known as WHO or WHO, is around 12 teaspoons per day of sugar. But they do comment that six teaspoons per day would be an even better limit. And that's for the general population. So that's when you've got a complete stomach. So when you're on a restricted intake, I would say that the six teaspoons would be a good limit. So I'd suggest no more than about a teaspoon of sugar in a snack. I'd completely avoid it in drinks or on its own because it could cause dumping for those who have had a bypass. Um, it's less likely to do that if sugar is surrounded by a bit of fiber um, or protein, like in the sauce around baked beans, which contains some fiber or yogurt because of the protein, you're far less likely to get that dumping syndrome. Yes, I, I like how you accentuate the positive and, and how to handle that. So what were some of the other positive items that were mentioned? Okay, the foods that actually improved mood included fish, nuts, vegetables, fruits, healthy oils like olive oil, and water. Oh, you know what comes to my mind right away is uh, the Mediterranean way of eating. So people were saying that when they ate more nuts, veggies, fish or olive oil or drank more water, they noticed they felt better. 
Yeah, it really is a Mediterranean diet, isn't it? And the best thing is that it only takes one change to what you're doing to start to provide some of the benefits we mentioned in the beginning. And I, I don't want you to feel overwhelmed by all the things that you could change or you should change. I think the thing to do is to make yourself a list and list the changes that you note from the hardest to change down to the easiest and start at the bottom. Do something that's really simple and it might just be carrying a water bottle around with you so you don't need to buy a sugary drink. You'll start to feel good as a result of that change. You'll feel a small change in other things like your concentration, your sleep, your self-esteem, the way you look, the way you feel, and it makes it easier to take on another change. Uh, Yes, you know, if you try to change everything at once, you're likely just to feel overwhelmed and throw up your hands and say, forget about it. Then everything falls apart and you're back where you started. So no setting yourself up for failure. Take one small step at a time, get used to that change so that it's part of your life before you take on the second one. Let's delve deeper into exactly how to change some of these things. Sure. Let's focus on the positives, the eat more ofs, rather than the negatives or the avoids. Oh, I like that. Anytime it's the eat more ofs, I want to hear about the the positive things from that. I totally agree. Because think about it. When someone tells you to avoid something or not to eat it, how do you feel? I mean, many times you just want to run right out, grab that item and eat it because you have a feeling it's going to be taken away. And I just don't like that good food, bad food concept, but rather the make smart choices most of the time and then no guilt allowed for that occasional goodie. Yeah, sure. Actually, you know, I was reading something pretty interesting that said that you, you get whatever you focus on. So if you focus on trying to eat less donuts, you actually develop a picture in your mind of a donut and your unconscious brain thinks donuts is what you want. So it actively helps you to go out in search of donuts. It's actually trying to help you out. You know, what we need is some mental images of what we're trying to eat more of. Now that makes sense. So let's start with water. By focusing on drinking more water, you might actually end up consuming less sugary drinks or less caffeine. So you can see how focusing on the positives can be doubly good. It can result in you eating less of the negatives without having to focus on them at all. Exactly. Now, for water, the general recommendation for, for fluid as a whole is two liters, which is 64 fluid ounces per day. But that's not really very exact. And, you know, some people have questioned that advice, you know, does it have to be exactly two litres per day? But I think it's a pretty good guide for fluid. But it doesn't have to be two litres of straight water per day. It is actually just fluid. And the higher your weight or the more active you are, the more you sweat, the hotter the climate you live in, the higher your needs go above the two litres. So some people might need more of that. But I suggest that you aim for half of your fluid intake to be straight water or as close to it as possible. If you imagine that everything other than water that you drink has some bits in it that you have to flush back out. So that might be substances in tea or coffee like caffeine or if you're drinking a protein water or a shake, that might be flavorings or sweeteners or colorings. If you flush out your cup of tea with a cup of coffee, 
then you're kind of flushing it out with more bits, aren't you? So you're never quite getting ahead. But if you flush it out with a cup of water, then you're even. That's the way I like to think about it. Yeah, I like that. Well, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll talk about more food to improve your mood. Plus, Amanda has three specific behavior tips you can put into action to improve your mood. We'll be right back. Don't you go anywhere. Explore the Australian way with Portion Perfection for bariatrics plates, bowls, visual guides, recipes, and more at beyondbariatricsurgery.com. Welcome back. Have you subscribed to our Beyond Bariatric Surgery podcast yet? Find it on your favorite podcatcher such as iTunes and Google Play. If you need help, go to beyondbariatricsurgery.com. We'll show you how. We have the instructions and it's really easy. Also, while you're there, check out the great online courses we offer you. You can surround yourself with positive ideas and like-minded people. You can look at a, and study a particular topic focus for a good six weeks or more. It's a great way to stay motivated. You have the opportunity to speak directly with some of our experts via a Facebook group. There's a course always starting soon, and it could be just what you need. Where's that info again? Beyond BeyondBariatricSurgery.com. Joining me via Skype from the Gold Coast in Australia is our content director for this podcast and also a bariatric dietitian, Amanda Clark. Besides keeping her finger on the pulse of all things bariatric, you may recall that Amanda has helped over 2,000 patients. Amanda, before the break, we talked about how certain foods can affect your mood, sleep, weight, etc. negatively but others can have a very positive effect, such as drinking more just plain old water. Let's focus on some food that can make a difference, such as fish. You know, you'll hear people laugh and call it brain food, but hey, I've heard it called heart food and dry eye food too. So the questions that I always get asked, and I'm sure you do too, tell me how much to eat. Yes, okay. The general aim is for two fish meals per week, with one of them being a fatty fish like salmon, sardines, mackerel, herring. The mental health research, though, takes that dose to two to four times higher. Now, we know that people who live in areas that consume a lot of fish suffer a lot less depression. So I'd recommend try incorporating canned tuna or salmon as a simple option into a salad or poached salmon and vegetables for dinner. You could try sardines at breakfast or tuna on crackers or even better, tuna wrapped in a lettuce leaf for a snack. Oh yes, I'm getting hungry. Okay, if you're a fan of nuts, don't miss this. Nuts are mood food. Do you suggest any particular nuts? Well, all nuts are actually pretty good. And Part of that is likely to be that they contain fiber and part of it is going to be the healthy oils that we get from nuts. We could include seeds here also actually. So all nuts and seeds are good, but especially beneficial are walnuts and pecans because they have a plant-based omega-3 fatty acid. So a bit like the fish, but not as strong as fish oil themselves. You can eat nuts daily if you fancy that. And the ideal dose for weight management would be to make one of those 100 calorie snacks during the day based on nuts. So that would be about 14 almonds or 14 cashews. It could be five or six walnut halves or pecans or four Brazil nuts. And Brazil nuts are particularly high in uh, selenium, which has been found to help 
to improve depression. So they might actually have an added and a, a slightly different benefit on mood. Yeah, you know, nuts make a great snack. They're a go-to for me. You've got that special little container, your snacker, and I actually have one that goes on road trips with me a lot. So you just fill, ah. you just fill that container and you have about a hundred calorie serving without having to count. I, I love my little portion perfection snacker. I ordered it. I have the lime green one. So this is your reminder. If you don't have yours yet, to get to the website beyondbariatricsurgery.com and click the shop link and get your own. Thanks, Susan. The snacker works really well for a whole lot of different snack ideas. And yeah, we've pretty much worked it so that uh, there's a whole range of things that you can just put, you know, completely fill the, the section of the snacker with to have exactly a 100 calorie serve. And you can, you can feel good um, that it all fits well in there. You know, you can have vegetables and dip perfectly fitting in there or, or the nuts are a perfect example. And in fact, they're next on the good mood food list, veggies. Yes, yes. Vegetables are sometimes a difficult one after surgery because the recommendation for all of us is to eat about two and a half cups of vegetables per day. But after surgery, you're really unlikely to achieve that. So that's why it's good to look for as many ways to eat more vegetables as possible. Using them as a snack is a perfect solution to get a bit more. So trying carrot sticks with hummus or celery with peanut butter, snow peas and tzatziki, you know that yogurt dip? Oh yes, I love that. Yeah, you can use one of those little containers for vegetables and a smaller one for dip. And other ways to eat more vegetables would be to consider pureed vegetables. You could use them as a sauce on the protein at dinner. You could make vegetable smoothies or veggie shots and making sure that you don't fall into the trap at lunchtime of just having bread and cheese or something similar to that. You know, get some salad vegetables into lunch as well as dinner. Well, these are great ideas, Amanda. There are many nutritional benefits that you get from the specific substances in these foods, just like the selenium and the Brazil nuts that you mentioned or the omega-3 fatty acids in the fish. Yeah, definitely. And that's a good point. You know, we can talk more about this in another episode because there's a lot to discuss, but there's evidence that just taking a multivitamin improves mood, it lowers perceived stress, as well as improving alertness and general daily functioning. So that's got to be good. And because we're talking about bariatric surgery here, there are key nutrients at risk that mean a specifically designed multivitamin is recommended, not just your off-the-shelf version. For example, an off-the-shelf vitamin in Australia would likely contain somewhere less than 50 micrograms of vitamin B12. Whereas the BN Multi brand, which I'd recommend in Australia, has 500 micrograms in a daily dose, which is what you need post-bariatric surgery. So there's a really big difference. Don't use an off-the-shelf vitamin supplement. You've actually got lots of brands of bariatric multivitamins in the US to choose from, and I'll take a close look at them to come up with some recommendations soon. Oh, good. That'll be a very useful episode. So what about the behaviors that you mentioned to help mood? Yes. Now, there were three behaviors associated with better mood. And the first one of those is eating breakfast. Oh, you know, you also know that breakfast is it's good for concentration throughout the day and for learning. 
Yes, and concentration was one of those things that we identified at the beginning as being a positive outcome from better nutrition. It's also good for keeping blood sugar under control, which also contributes to a stable mood. We also know it's better for controlling cravings and spacing food throughout the day, which helps with weight control. Which leads to that second behavior that's really closely tied with breakfast, and that is to eat regularly throughout the day, so not going long periods of time without food, not skipping meals. Yeah, some people would say that you're better to listen to your body and only eat when you're hungry. But I think that when you have a slow metabolism, you tend not to be very hungry. And so if you go with that, before you know it, you haven't eaten much through the day, but your body still needs nutrition. So you're likely to end up with a drive to overeat in the evening, which with bariatric surgery might look like grazing or you know, eating small amounts continuously particularly after dinner. And, and you don't have to say bariatric surgery or not, that's very typical of here in the US. We have little or no breakfast, a, a pitiful green salad for lunch, and then from five <laughs> o'clock on, it's eat everything you can get your hands on until you go to bed. And that goes right. by, and that's that going back to eat only when you're hungry. And, and really, it's just you end up gaining weight and not feeling well. So when you turn it around, like you said, you tend to do so much better. Uh, and both of these behaviors work very well to stabilize mood and weight. And your third trick or behavior? <laughs> yeah, the third one is planning. And planning might look like planning your whole menu, or it might just be thinking in advance, you know, imagining what you're going to have for lunch, being organized by taking food with you when you go to work or go out, or at least having a plan for what you will eat and when. I actually love menu planning. There are so many benefits to it. You know, yes, I remember when the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics said that most people have no clue at 5 p.m. what they're going to eat for dinner. And oh, wow. Yeah, and planning works. It really works. Budget, what you're going to eat, the whole thing. And remember, you can improve your mood and you can experience many other health benefits by cutting down on sugar and processed foods, additives and white flour. Uh, you can also achieve this in a positive way by focusing on eating more of the good mood foods like fish, nuts, veggies and drinking more water. Don't forget, you make this so much easier by taking a few minutes to plan and eat regularly throughout the day, starting with breakfast. You know, Amanda, all of these great food mood tips. I, I really am looking forward to us chatting more in depth about menu planning and also having you come back on and talk about specific supplements needed after surgery, what's available in the U.S. and in your country, just a lot of good things to come. Yeah, great. We, we really covered a lot today. So there's a good chance that you can find something within your power to change. Remember, start with the easy ones. That's right. It's so easy to hear about all the issues you can face and what you can do about them. And we want to help you go from hearing to putting them into play in your life every single day and moving forward. And here on the Beyond Bariatric Surgery podcast, we're all about your success. And we will continue to give you as many tools for your toolbox as we can. Don't forget, check out the self-development courses regularly on the website, beyondbariatricsurgery.com, to see what's available right 
now. And don't forget, join our community and share your story and experiences on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash beyond bariatric surgery. Amanda and I'll be watching for your post. Beyond Bariatric Surgery is produced and owned by Practicalories LLC, all rights reserved. Remember, the content provided on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't create a patient-provider relationship. It's intended to provide reference material and is not designed to provide medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical issues you have relating to symptoms, conditions, diseases, diagnosis, treatments, and side effects. Podcast guests express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, which do not necessarily reflect or agree with the host's Great Ideas in Nutrition, or Practicalories, LLC.